Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David, why yeah. did you start laughing immediately? Because of what we were talking about. Um, right before we recorded, we were like, let's see if we can keep this one short. Which is yeah. something we say often and then you get hour and 40 minute episodes. Indeed. Uh, sorry about that. But it's you know we ramble on at the beginning. We're so in love with the sound of our own voices. No but, question about it. <laughs> um, someone should tell us to shut the fuck up. Um, I, I spent the better part of my life being told that, David. <laughs> um, but no, uh, we were saying uh, we should keep this one short. And I was like, uh, and I was going to ask, do you think it's better to cut a podcast off at at, at its height or let it? Oh, I see. Fade out. So, we'll, we'll we'll get back to that later. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And those who have read the show description know why I thought that was funny. Yeah. Which is everyone. Okay. We got to start doing what uh, Mike Schmidt does and just, uh, like, come up with a title that is, uh, you know, show description that is v- maybe something one of us says in the episode, and that way people don't immediately know. Well, but we are not the, we are not the talents that Mike Schmidt is. That's true. Mike's a... Uh, uh, Mike's a, a good guy, and uh, he uh, gave us a nice little shout-out uh, mm-hmm, on uh, this past week's episode of uh, The 40-Year-Old Boy. Yeah, so let's uh, refrain from biting his style, all right? Oh, okay, fair enough. I saw... Uh, now, David, you you don't enjoy Facebook. Watch out. You don't enjoy Facebook, but uh, uh, you know that there's pages for comedians that say... I don't hate, I don't hate Facebook. I just don't use it. Really. Oh, that's the same as hating it, David. Oh, okay. To use it is to love it. If you're not, wi- if you're not with it, you're against it. Oh yeah, no, no, no. absolutely. You know what? I think that actually might be truer than than even I'm joking about. But I'm, yeah, I'm going to be one of the last. Like, there's going to be a small group of us. Yeah. You know, fighting the power that is Facebook, <laughs> shouting Wolverines, <laughs> and and storming uh, the Silicon Valley headquarters, which is uh, very similar to an Onion article about uh, Google saying, like, no, you can. You don't need to use Google, and they just round up a bunch of people and put them in uh, one large warehouse. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, uh, but there's a uh, if comedians on on a on Facebook, there will frequently be uh, you know pages that say bring so and so to this place. Yeah, and uh, there's one that said uh, bring Mike Schmidt uh, Mike Schmidt to the Ozarks. Yeah, and I was very excited to see that. I don't live. I there was wondering anymore. if you or anyone you knew started that. <laughs> Uh, no, no, but, uh, as it turns out, David, there actually are people in the Ozarks that I don't know. I know that people might well, think that we hill, all... the hill people. Oh, yeah. Every time we go near them to get to know them, uh, and, you know, bring them, like, a nice basket of something, they always shoot, uh, at a tree right by our head. <laughs> like, get out of here! So, um, but, uh, so, yeah, I, I like the idea of, of Mike doing his form of comedy in the Ozarks, not to imply, of course, that, uh... That they couldn't use it. It has become uh, Springfield, especially, is becoming more of a college town than when you and I were there. So oh, good. I like Springfield. I do too. It's changed a lot since uh, since you've been there. It's and actually it's, very. It makes sense that it would become more. I don't know what the word is you're looking for here, but uh, what you said. I don't know. I don't know how to describe what you say. More of a college town because it is. A, it always was a college town. Yeah. In the literal sense, but I understand what you're saying. It's becoming more of a cool place or whatever. Yeah. Which is kind of what Columbia, Missouri. Is mm. largely, but Springfield is bigger than Columbia. Yeah, it's a it's a nice uh, it's a nice little city. I, I every time I go back there for uh, uh, New Year's or around the Christmas season, I always enjoy it, um, and I, I do kind of miss it sometimes. But uh, that's neither here nor there, David. There's a Mexican place by the Battlefield Mall. Okay, 
that uh, makes this. Uh, I, I I never had any other Mexican place. It's, it's this special like spicy queso dip, hmm. which is not it's not something you can get. But the I can't remember the name of the place, but the yeah. specific dip out of this world. David, I'm sorry to tell you that Mexican place is not there anymore. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I'm <laughs> I made that up. Uh, as you know, I do not care for Mexican food. Um, all right, now uh, for the top of the show. It, it always fascinates me when you and I say, like, we have nothing for the top of the show. We've not gotten to what we were going to say. We're four minutes and uh, 40 okay. seconds in. But, yeah, instead of uh, rambling on about our personal lives, which that we're just assuming that you're all interested in. Yeah, no. Just, who, you guys are so in love with our personalities is what we assume and it's what we say, you know, before uh, we uh, start to like, we get in the huddle, you yeah. know, hands on top of hands. Like, they love us. They love us. They love us. <laughs> Go Battleship Retention. <laughs> and then we talk about ourselves for half an hour. No, instead of doing that, we, we have uh, there, there's a lot of uh, changes over Battleship Retention headquarters. Indeed. Um, so we're going to briefly sum up some yeah. of the announcements. What are they? Well, I'll tell you. And some of the... the one You've of the been reasons. orchestrating all this. I don't... Uh, yeah. This is barely less of a surprise for me than it is for the listener. <laughs> like, I didn't as, tell you As I've said me. many times... I am essentially just a personality on this show. You sure are. You're a character. Tyler does all the work. Um, all right. So not for long, David. <laughs> um, so uh, as uh, as David has uh, has mentioned in the past, uh, our blog has become something of a wasteland. Uh, neither of us write for it. Um, I. You know what? We've we've David's let, it, we've let it lie fallow. Yeah. So that when we plant anew, it'll be fruitful. All right, are you quoting like the Bible or something there? No. Like uh, just it's ag- agricultural practices. Oh, okay. I, I forgot you. I forgot you majored studies. in agriculture for a while. <laughs> I majored in podcast and blogging ag- agriculture. <laughs> uh, it's all about planting seeds. <laughs> I've been reading. Oh, anyway. Um, so yeah. Uh, so here's the deal. So uh, those who uh, who subscribe to the the uh, the BP news feed or or go to the website frequently, you've probably noticed that we do have a new blogger. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Daniel Bergamini, uh, and uh, he's uh, so he's from, he's from he's from Italy. You'd think so. No, he's Canadian. All right. So it's like Italy. Yeah. Only it's slightly colder. But look at us going worldwide. I know. Very exciting. Or you know, North truly America. continental. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so he. Uh, I found him through uh, a blog of his called The Deleted Scene, mm-hmm. which you can find at the uh, the scene.wordpress.com. Uh he is he's a fan of the show and he had He wrote a blog about our episode with Danforth France. Yes. Um about why <laughs> I mean to, uh, we were being kind of glib but yeah. why going to the movie sucks. Yes. Like, I think was what we called the the topic. And he wrote a very uh, a very intelligent response to that that uh, got a lot of response Impassioned. because it was uh, featured on uh, IMDb as yes. you and I have been. So uh, immediately I thought, well, we can't I like have you throw in as you and I have been. Right. I don't like, like I don't like that this that this kid has become <laughs> uh, like our competition. So I decided to just bring him in. Yeah. Bring him into the fold. If you can't beat him, uh, force them to join you. That's what I say. Right. So uh, so he's written a couple of blogs so far. He wrote uh, uh, a nice review. You're like of Julius Caesar taking Octavian under his wing. Yeah. Right. It's been a while since I saw <laughs> season one of Rome. All right. But it was very good. I enjoyed it a great deal. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yes. Uh, so he's written a couple of blogs so far. He I don't know what you're to, saying. I'm just waiting for the next spot that I can make some dumb joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Uh, thank you. You could, you know what? You could say that for, I'd say, the past 80 episodes. 
So is um, that true that I drop off in uh, huh in being engaged in the show about episode one hundred eight? Yeah, uh, that's when you're like, no, I'm out. Um, but uh, so he's written a couple of blogs, one about uh, the film Let Me In, and then one about the film Catfish. So uh, head on over there and, and read those. He uh, he'll be uh, writing at least one blog a week, and uh, we're very happy to have him, Daniel Bergamini. Yes, we are expanding the Battleship Retention family. We sure are. It essentially was just the two of us. Yeah, and then. Um, uh, Jennifer Smith is our photographer. Yeah, absolutely. And now we're bringing in a blogger, mm-hmm. and that's it, right? Shut, we brought Daniel in. We shut the door behind him. Nope. The the submarine door. We turned the no. No. That's right. no no crank turning here. <laughs> okay. Um, no, we uh, we also and of course if you're if you're a part of the uh, the battleship retention Facebook group uh, or you are part of our uh, message board, you've seen this that uh, we uh, put out a thing for. Uh, Put out an ad or something, not an ad, but uh, said, hey, we, we need an intern. Yeah, where did you put this out, on Facebook? Uh, I sent it to um, members of the Facebook Battleship Pretension group. Oh, okay. Um, and then uh, I, got a f- I got a couple of hits. Um, no, I got, a, I got probably about four or five people. Uh, and I do appreciate everybody that responded. Uh, we d- I, I, I preferred somebody that uh, lived in Los Angeles, but of course it wasn't uh, totally necessary, but Thankfully, uh, a guy named uh, Matthew Warren uh, responded, and I met with him today, and uh, he's going to be uh, our intern, David. These are big announcements. They are big but announcements. But he's not, I mean, uh, I feel like we, we use the term, in, in term, term intern, the term intern. Okay, yeah. That's a tough one. Term red intern. leather, yellow leather, yellow leather, red leather. All right. Yeah, I okay. know New York. I need New York. I know I need unique New York. Oh, I hate that one. She stood on the balcony, inexplicably mimicking him hiccuping, amicably welcoming him in. Ugh. <laughs> Why can't... See, this is what I'm talking about. That could be the title of this show. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we use the, the term intern also kind of glibly because he will be providing content, right? Yes, he will. Uh, he is going to be uh, blogging for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, not immediately. He's got uh, other stuff uh, to do Exciting in the meantime. Stuff. But uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I'm not sure if I can say what yeah. he's doing actually. But um, but yeah. So he's we going might be to getting be getting some uh, hmm? some Sundance coverage. Yes. Out, of, out of Matthew. Yes, very exciting. Um, and then uh, he's just going to be helping us with our live shows. He's going to be helping me with uh, website updating and such. Because you may have noticed that uh, if you follow the website at all, you may have noticed that uh, uh, announcement of new episode doesn't usually go up until uh, Wednesday, Thursday. Because <laughs> uh, I've gotten a little burned out by this whole thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, so he he joined the family, and it was very because uh, we do run it like a family. You mean like blood in, blood out? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Blood in, blood out. Um, but uh, well done. That's a great reference. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, he's. We're excited to have him. And so, uh, Matthew, I know you're listening. Welcome. Yes, welcome indeed. I can't wait to meet you and <laughs> and you, Daniel. I mean, I know you're in Canada. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I had a nice phone conversation with him. I'll give you his number. You can give. Yeah, me a call. I can't. I can't wait to talk to both of these people. They are. They are. They are part of the family. And now that you're part of the family, we can get you some press passes for Comic Con. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Now, David, I mentioned uh, Matthew. Oh, there, there's more. Yeah, Matthew's going to be uh, helping Ooh. out with the live show. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that live show, David, we finally ha- okay December fourth. Meltdown, Meltdown Comics, Comics again at seventy five twenty two Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. I don't even have to look it up anymore. Yeah, I know. That's how. Often, I mean, this will be our fourth, yeah. and they have been great. Meltdown Comics uh, is the best uh, comic book store in the country, I think. 
in my opinion. Hmm. I don't know. I've lived a lot of places in this country. Yep, you're right. Yeah, better than Caveman? I don't know if Caveman exists anymore, actually. No, I'm pretty sure they were going out of business when I moved out of Springfield. They were, yeah. that's, we're, we're back to Springfield, Missouri. We're back and better than ever. Uh, Caveman was great. I liked it. Yeah, it, was, it, was a, it had a lot of stuff. That's what I like about... Uh, uh, what I liked about that, but that's the thing about uh, about um, Meltdown is that it has you know some DVDs and it's got of course you know action figures and, and toys and such, but uh, it is first and foremost comic book store. Yeah, and it's it's the best. It's a great guy, a great place. It's great guys who run it. So mm-hmm. we'll be there 8 p.m. December 4th at 75:22 Sunset Boulevard. It'll be five bucks to get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be free beer. Free beer. Uh, buy some comics. Um, no. We can announce the lineup. Indeed, yes. We have four confirmations. I will say that, just in general, just because uh, something is confirmed doesn't mean it won't go away. None of our uh, none of our guests get paid, and if something else comes up, you yeah. know, they're or probably they going to yeah. end up having surgery like uh, Mr. Jimmy Pardo had to do. You never know. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, but all past guests... Yeah. All right, let's, let's take turns. Take turn, turns uh, naming them. What is it with you and turn and term? Yeah, that's... You're having a difficult time. Yeah. Um, all right, Jackie Cation. Oh, okay, all Re- right. Recent guest on the show, Jackie Cation. Indeed. All right. Who else? Mike Siegel. Mike Siegel, two-time guest on the show. Yeah, one and a half, really. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. We had some technical difficulties, and yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's, uh, he's a good guy, funny comic. Mike Siegel, so Mike Siegel, Jackie Cation. Who else we got? Returning, it's been a long time since he's been on the show. Yeah. Uh, star of the new Adam.com web series, which I don't think is actually premiered yet, Jason Nash is Married. Mm-hmm. Jason Nash. Jason Nash. Okay, all right. And uh, the star of uh, a previous series that is hilarious called The Shaman. Yeah, it was, so, that was a very funny which series. I'm a big fan too. of. And then our, uh, our headliner, uh, a fairly recent uh, guest, uh-huh. uh, headliner Kyle Kinane. Yes. So that, guy is, that guy's hot right now. Is he? Oh, he's on a hot streak. Well, there's no question about that, and I think he's uh, absolutely hysterical. So yeah, yeah, check out Death of the Party. It's a, it's 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 one of the best comedy albums of the year. I it, would say it's a CD that I that I actually uh, return to frequently. Uh, I do enjoy his stand up quite a bit, and uh, but all of uh, all of our guests are very funny, a lot of fun, and so I think it'll be a, a good a good show. Yeah. So would you I, say would you say would you say that uh, Death of the Party is the album of the year of 2010? Well, I don't. I I would the, the comedy album of the year. I mean, I I don't see. listen to all of them. But is it two thousand ten? It is two thousand ten. That's right, because it's uh, it was back in February, so yeah. it just barely made it. To me, Kyle Kinane and uh, we were just talking before we recorded about Bill Burr's "Let It Go." Hmm. Those are those are those are the two funniest. When did uh, when did uh, Paul F. Tompkins' uh, "Freak Wharf" come out? I think that was this year as well. No, it was definitely last year because I remember. I borrowed your copy of it okay. before I now own it, but uh, I borrowed your copy of it when I went home for Christmas, so oh, I okay. had it in 2009. Okay, so that was the one of 2009. Yeah. And then Kyle Kinane's absolutely best comedy album of 2010. You know what else? What's that? Is in 2009, okay. just, that gives Freak War, Paul Tompkins' Freak War for a run for its money, okay. is John Mulaney's The Top Part. That is a good one, yeah. That's the, those are John Mulaney has best. not been a guest on the show. Yeah. All right. Let's not. Uh, Neither has Bill Burr. Exactly. Which is why Kyle Kinane and Paul F. Tompkins have the best comedy <laughs> albums of those of their respective years. Okay. Two thousand eight. Okay. Let's not do this. Let's. We're fifteen Sklar minutes. Sklar maps. Sklar maps. Absolutely. Two thousand seven. Self help by Jen Kirkman. Absolutely. Which I would say whether she's been on the show or not because that is uh, one of my favorite comedy albums of the decade. Oh my. Okay. Yeah. 
It is very good. Yes, indeed. Um, all right. Okay. I think that covers it as God, far as, I hope a, so. as announcements Let's go. Let's get into it, shall we? Indeed. I, I teased, uh, hinted at, I foreshadowed yeah. what the topic was going to be. Yeah. And, uh, well, to 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 quote Mister uh, Mister Neil Young, is it better to burn out mm-hmm. or fade away? Indeed, that is uh, how we how we summed it up. Um, so I think we should start by defining the two categories. Yeah. So here's okay. Here's how this started. Um, I, I think I've mentioned this. I'm sure I've mentioned it on the show before that uh, a film that came out this year. I was really looking forward to it. It was called Get Low, mm-hmm. and it starred Robert Duvall. Bill Murray, Sissy Spacek, really good cast. Um, and as we all know, Robert Duvall is my favorite actor of all time. And uh, and I was really excited to see it. And then I I did see it, and and the film itself is is good, not great. Perf- uh, Duvall's performance is good and astounding in other places. Um, I feel like his character was. I feel like he as an actor was not given much to do as far as the character was concerned. Um, Bill Murray is amazing. But here's the thing. I want to I want to talk about Robert Duvall and I want to talk about something that I had read about his performance. I think it was in The Onion. Mm-hmm. You look to be smiling right now. What are you smiling at? Don't you ever just have like something on your mind? There's something like, that happened jo- like Georgia? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, there's something that happened earlier today that's funny that would not make any sense to anyone if I said it out loud. So Okay. Sorry. Well, I nice, didn't... nice to know you're actually listening I to am. me. It just put me in a good mood. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Well, all right. Hold on to that. Don't let my negativity okay. saturate Let's your Let's get back your to Robert Duvall in Get Low in the Onion AV Club. Indeed. So uh, so they they gave the, the film a pretty good review. They said Bill Murray was amazing, and, true, and, and indeed he really is. Um, but then they mentioned something that, uh, that struck me as interesting. They said that Duvall's not doing anything new with this performance, you know? Kind of his usual, I mean, his character is Southern, and frankly, I think Robert Duvall has done a Southern accent in the majority of his films at this point. Hmm. Although, if you actually hear him speak, he does not have a Southern accent. But just for one reason or another, he just winds up, he's kind of your go-to for Southern characters. Um, But they just say, you know, he's not really doing anything incredibly new. Now, I think they're wrong. There's a couple scenes where he's really uh, doing some amazing work, but for the most part, I think... I think they're kind of right, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I'm not sure how much of that to put on him, and how much of it to put on the screenplay. Because one of the, I, without turn, this turning into a full blown review of Get Low, the character's supposed to be a hermit who hasn't really talked to anybody at length for twenty, thirty years, right. and then he, his ability to acclimate to interaction, human interaction, American is, Idol, uh, that sort of thing. What? He gets into American Idol, right? Am I thinking of a different movie? <sighs> Am I thinking of a movie I just made up? Yeah, oh, man. I, that is a movie I'd like to see <laughs> where Robert Duvall, playing himself, uh, has turned into a hermit and then immediately comes down and is like, well, this is American Idol. Um, so uh, so I think, I think he, he tries to make the character more gruff than the script is l- allowing him to be, and I think the script makes a, a, a bad choice on that. But I wanted to really, uh, it got me thinking about the idea of, Duvall's an older actor, he's kind of, I don't like the term Hollywood royalty, but at this point, he's been around long enough that he is incredibly well respected, uh, beloved by a lot of people, um, and in many ways, it got, that that 
line in the review that he's not given us anything new, it got me thinking, and because he's my favorite actor, I instinctively like thought, well, what do you want from him? He's an actor who's been doing this 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. How new do you want it to be? After well, a certain me... point, do, don't you go with an actor because of what you know they're going to bring to it? I think here's the problem with fading okay. away as opposed to burning out. Right. This is to get back to the topic. Yeah. I don't think it's the lack of anything new from these people who've been around for mm-hmm. a while. It's that at a certain point, and you see it with um, other um, Godfather trilogy yeah. alums uh, <laughs> like Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Yeah. Um, you see their performances becoming less varied. Like they sort of yeah. find a groove, and then I think two things happen. Once one, um, the actor gets comfortable in that groove, yeah. and two, the industry gets comfortable with them in that groove. And, so and the they, audience, I think the audience yeah, does audience. as well. Um, it, and so it's 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 hard to um, be uh, moved by a performance that is so close to a performance you've already seen before because. Surprise is uh, a virtue in in, oh, yeah. in art in general. Yeah, um, and that's why you know I mean uh, Robert De Niro is so great in Jackie Brown. Yeah, because it's not that's not a Robert De Niro character. No, or it's not or Wag the Dog. Like mm-hmm. both movies, ninety seven. That was a good year for him because yeah. he plays characters that you don't immediately think of, oh, Robert Duvall, uh, Robert uh, De Niro should play that part. Yeah, and I remember when I first watched, I think I watched with you for the first time, Mean Streets. Yeah. And um, essentially, Harvey Keitel plays the the Robert Duvall, or the Robert De Niro character yeah. if this movie were made 15 years after the fact. Yeah, no question about it. The, the character that Robert De Niro is playing is not like any character no. that he has played before. Um, I mean, I guess... You can draw kind of a line to Taxi Driver in the in the sort of that they're both kind of unhinged. You yeah, know? and, and but also th- those are still very different performances. And I just recently saw for the first time The King of Comedy, uh-huh. and a, a, an amazing performance. And and it got me, you know, because when I started thinking of du- of Duvall, it got me thinking. You mentioned two of them already: Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, and I would say the third is Jack Nicholson, mm. who at this point. I mean, unless, like, it's just like, ah, it's just them doing their usual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, if, and if, but if you go back to them when they're younger, De Niro especially, I mean, he could, I mean, when he played Vito, you know, Vito, young Vito Corleone, mm-hmm. that's a character with some authority and all of that. And he, he could have continued to play that. He eventually settled into that. Mm-hmm. But he could have just picked that up and run with it. But instead he did Taxi Driver. He did uh, King of Comedy. He did, and then and then even in the early '90s, he was he did Cape Fear, and he also yeah. played Frankenstein's monster. I mean, he even into the early mid '90s, he yeah, was taking Yeah, but I think risks. it was I think it was Jimmy Conway in Goodfellas yeah. and what's his name in Casino Ace something. Yeah, quote unquote the Jew. Yeah, <laughs> um, those kind of cemented what people think of him as. Yeah, and, and then and then him. As much as I do enjoy his performance and analyze this, and I do, uh, because it is kind of a nice self-parody, mm-hmm. when you parody yourself you pr- as a certain thing, you pretty much cement that that's how people think of you. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, quite frankly, when Brando did it with uh, the freshman, where he parodied his own Vito Corleone, it's like, oh wow! So not only is are we all thinking of him in in these terms, but now he's playing a variation of that character. So now there's no other way I can think of him. You know, yeah. for, maybe for for an entire uh, generation of people, that's how they know him. And quite frankly, I think people of our generation, when you think Marlon Brando. Mm-hmm. I have to assume you. The first thing that pops up is him sitting behind a desk with a cat. Would you there's, say that's about right? There's a handful. I mean, Kurtz I, is pretty. I, what's that? Kurtz is pretty uh, memorable. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think you're right. For most people, our our age, yeah, you and I have seen more movies, and so I tend to think of of yeah, Godfather and Apocalypse Now. But I also think of On the Waterfront almost yeah. immediately, and uh, In Streetcar Named Desire. Yeah. But it's uh, and I guess I could bring up, I could bring up Brando with this with with this topic as well. But it's different because, quite frankly, this is going to sound mean. He he just went crazy, <laughs> you know. Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Duvall, Nicholson. None of them are crazy. Nicholson has his moments, but like none of them are ac- actually crazy. None of them would do the pancake makeup, ice bucket head for uh, Island of Doctor Moreau. <laughs> what is quite possibly. The most interesting, terrible movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Didn't we talk about it last week? Did we? You mentioned it like a week or two ago. Oh my gosh! I guess I got it on the brain. Yeah. Um. But, uh, but yeah. And so it just. Uh, so I was thinking of. I, I hate to make it only about these actors. And I'm and the more I've been thinking about, it, the more I'm trying to bring other people into it. I think, for example, Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. Because he is a guy who, with his voice and all that, just says authority, wisdom, all these other things. I think uh, when you see, you know, you see him play a certain role, and people be like, ah, "He's just doing the Morgan Freeman thing," you know. And you mm-hmm. could say the same thing, Nicholson in uh, The Departed. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought he was, I thought he was nicely unhinged and kind of took away some of his inhibitions. But really, I mean. A lot of people said, ah, it's just Nicholson being Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Same with uh, Al Pacino. Anytime he plays a yelling role. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's a couple actors that I think are going that way. Okay. One in particular that I'm very sad to see because I think he's a great actor, but John Malkovich mm. seems to, ever since he did being John Malkovich, it seems like it's sort of, and maybe that's just what people want from him. You yeah. Know? But I didn't see um, um, Color Me Kubrick. Kubrick. Oh, yeah. Uh, But I saw the trailer, and there's a part where he's pretending to be Stanley Kubrick, and he's talking about he's casting his new film, Mm -hmm. and he's thinking of this young actor, John Malkovich, for the role. And that just, that sort of joke, it's like, you know, the movie is happening. I'm trying to to watch this movie. Do you mind? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? You don't have to wink at me through that. Uh, Being John Malkovich was enough winking for all of us. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, I love it. It's a great movie. um, But yeah, it's, I don't know, it, and it's. Do you find it unfortunate when that happens? It makes me sad. Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, again, I think because I think John Malkovich is capable of so many different things. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at, um, I mean, In the Line of Fire is the first movie that I was. Yeah. Uh, that exposed me to him, but uh, and so and I and I think maybe that like him playing a crazy guy in that is. Yeah. I don't think I'm the only person who first really discovered John Malkovich. Or first, really thought about John Malkovich after yeah. in, in a line of fire. That's yeah, yeah. a very, that's an indelible role, and that kind of crazy uh, has come to 
define him. And to, to where now, of course, in red, he's the crazy one who took, yeah. who you know had LSD experiments performed on him and has acid flashbacks because John Malkovich is the guy you get for that role, or Christopher Walken. But he, and that's the thing is Walken came very close to this, mm-hmm. and then like I, I've said it before that I mean he he was I think he was in that uh, what Fat Boy Slim video where uh-huh. he's dancing through the hotel and people are like this is weird and then uh, he was in Country Bears oh my god Country Bear Hall has been crushed <laughs> uh, that, and that, so that movie, is, that movie is funny people should watch it. The whole movie or just that scene? No, there's a lot of funny stuff. Okay. Because like, you know who else is in it is uh, Diedrich Bader. I like him. And he, he's great. I don't think he... I think uh, people, a lot of people maybe think they're too cool for the Drew Carey show. And the Drew Carey show did eventually suck hard. Yeah. Uh, but Diedrich Bader was always funny. Um, yeah, there was a lot of good stuff going on in that for, show. For the record, he's the friend of Drew Carey's who is not Ryan Stiles. Right. Not, not the tall one. Yeah. The, and he was, uh, he was in Office Space. He played the next door neighbor. Lawrence. Right, yes. But so. he, uh, there's a part in the Country Bear Hall's the country in the Country Bears movie where he um he plays a cop and there there's a a car chase between him and the Country Bears bus. Okay. And the Country Bears bus is like has lost them th- down an alley. So they're driving around looking him the other cop looking for the for the bus and he sees it off to the left a couple streets over and he goes, "Bingo, nine o'clock." And he points at the bus, but between the car and the bus is a fence with a banner that says come to whatever church tonight at 9 p.m. for mm. bingo. <laughs> it's such a great visual yeah. joke. Yeah. Uh, I'd love someone took the time to put that joke in a, a movie dumb about kids the country movie. bears. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, anthropomorphic bears. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, Walken got very close to self parody. And then in what I think was just a brilliant move. I think I know what role you're going to talk Catch about. me if you can. Yeah. He decides. You know what? I think I'm. I think I'm done with everyone laughing at me and me laughing at myself. I think I'm going to play a real part and uh, score myself a nice Oscar nomination. Mm-hmm. Completely surprise everybody, and then I'll go back to it. Yeah. I just want to let everyone know. Yeah, I'm a real actor. I can do this. Uh-huh. The re- the only reason I'm not is because I don't want to right now. But I could any moment I want. Yeah, and, and that, uh, that is a, a such an amazing performance. And he's not. And it's one. Of, it, what fascinates me is that he's not doing anything remarkably different with his voice or anything some people say that that an actor needs to put on an accent or wear some kind of weird makeup or something to do something different and it's not that you just approach you just approach it mm-hmm. differently emotionally intellectually and so walken still sounds like walken in catch me if you can but he's just playing such different emotional notes than we've seen him play in the last 10 years or so yeah. and uh and it's just so he he found a way to do something different that got everyone to be like ah yes now i remember he was a he he's a great actor but it makes me wonder when you see an older actor uh like a christopher walken or al pacino nicholson any of the people that we've been talking about when you see that i feel like because of studio expectations their own uh you know their own expectations of themselves low or whatever you want to say and the audience's expectations of them. I feel like now an actor like Jack Nicholson is in a no-win situation. Now, of course, I realize he's winning because he's won three Oscars and he has Mm -hmm. lots and lots of money and he's pretty much known as Hollywood royalty at this point. But as far as an actor, I think he's he's in a no-win situation because A, 
he either does what people expect him to do and then people criticize him for doing what he what is expected of him or he'll do something he'll try to do something new and people will be like almost in a very cynical way be like oh i see what he's trying to do but it's also going to be hard for him to do something new no absolutely um i mean even to get a role because it's going to yeah. be not going to be offered to him except i mean uh there are still independent filmmakers out there and i feel like yeah. if you've got uh you know if you're 60 years old and you still want to act and you've got Dustin Hoffman money. Yeah. You know, you don't need to be taking a, a big paycheck. You don't need to be doing that uh yeah. dumb movie with Emma Thompson. <laughs> what was it called? Oh, Last Chance Harvey. Yeah. You don't need to do that movie. Otherwise known as the movie that my mom asked me about every day for a year. Um, <laughs> um not not literally, of course, but But um well, she was just touching base, though, right? Just <laughs> uh, that's when Tyler and I lived together. We had this is this is back in the days when we we first moved in together. Neither of us had a cell phone. No, if you if you if you people can imagine, that, I know ten years ago, um, uh, and we had an answering machine. Yeah, and every time uh, Tyler's mom would leave a message. Uh, she was just touching base. She just would always, to always yeah. use that phrase. Just calling to touch base. And admittedly, it, if, she, if, if she was calling every day uh-huh. and saying that, hopefully she would realize what she was saying. Right. But it wasn't every day. It was probably every week. Yeah. But yes, that's, uh, that's she, a term. Always, that, always uh, use that phrase, which, yeah. I, which I thought was fun. But, uh, okay, anyway, but yeah, so last bit. chance, Harvey, indeed. Um, uh, yeah, what I'm saying is they could, I mean, if they wanted to stretch, they could stretch. Yeah. You, you know? And... Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe I'm making it sound easier than it is. I guess and, and yeah. about Schmidt doesn't come along every day. Right. Right. But uh, I guess I don't know. There's got to be you're I mean you are uh, an actor. I mean you were in I have been an actor. Yeah. Yes. You were in Jason Eakins film. Uh You mean Reservations available at battleshipretention.com? Yeah, which is very good by the way. Thank you. Um I guess what I'm saying is the uh, people talk about the acting bug. Mm-hmm. Like if you get to a point where you're Jack Nicholson, yeah, and you're only getting offered roles that are quote unquote Jack Nicholson roles, mm-hmm. and you've got Jack Nicholson money, do you just not take those roles and wait for the interesting ones to come along, or does that acting bug kick in and you're like, I gotta take something at this point? I, I guess that's different. That's gonna be different actor to actor. Yes, definitely, but. And that's the thing. This is going to sound like we're being uh, very judgmental Debra, of actors. Deborah Winger, uh, uh, you know, she, <laughs> yeah. no one could find her for a while. Exactly. Rosanna Arquette had to go search for her. <laughs> Luckily, she tracked her down, and they put her in initial getting married, and, and now the new season of In Treatment. Oh, she's in, in oh, cool. Yeah, awesome. premiered this week. I, I said this, this I mean, slightly. You tweeted this, I think. Off topic. I said this on Twitter. On paper, In Treatment should be the most insufferable show. Yeah. It, it just sounds so pretentious. Like, oh. Two serious actors sitting in one room talking for half an hour about uh, their mental landscape of of their characters. This sounds like an exercise, and it yeah. sounds like it's going to be interesting only to the people making it. Yeah, that was my thought when I heard about in treatment, and I still keep thinking like every time there's a new season, I'm like, really, they're going to do this again? Go. Yeah, and then I watch it, and it's always fucking great. It's so good. Let me ask you this. You have a TV podcast. Maybe you can answer. Um, why is it only a half hour? An actual therapy session is usually about 50 minutes. Yeah, um, because they do four of them a week. They used to do five of them a week. Yeah. That's just... I mean, the first season has like 45 episodes. Yeah. It's going to be tough. But how do, to they, do. how do they 
How do they do that? Like, how do they uh, do they may, do they cut down a regular uh, therapy session, or for is Gabriel Byrne's character? Does he say, "Oh, it's only thirty minutes"? No, I feel like um, in the first season they would always find some excuse for either like the person's late, or we're jumping in the middle of a session, or they have to leave early, okay. or something. And I think that got thin to where now you just sort of have to buy the conceit that it's compressed time. Okay. The therapy session starts at the beginning and it ends at the end of the therapy session. And even though it's only been half half an hour, we we can okay. just we can just assume it's been fifty minutes. In time flies when you're getting well. You I know? guess so. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, this new season, Irfan Khan, uh, the the detective from Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, nice! I like yeah. him. Yeah, he's great. Uh, Sonia Walger has a small part in it. That's Penny from Lost. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, who else? Deborah yeah, Winger. Deborah Winger, Amy Ryan. This oh, nice. Season. It's it's good stuff. All right. Yeah, I still haven't seen a single episode so of it. Anyway, and I really want to. But, but anyway, yeah, yes. uh, Like this is what I was asking. Do you do the Deborah Winger thing where you just say, uh, "I don't need this. I'm going to go away for a while, and I'm going to come back when I can get, uh, when I can be taken seriously, and not have Don Simpson offer me some." Diuretic yeah. pills because I'm looking bloated. Do you know that story? No. Yeah. During, I don't know, what what is Officer and a Gentleman, whatever movie she did that Don Simpson produced. Okay, I didn't know he produced that, but okay. I don't know if he did. I'm just All saying. Right. Like, I'm just saying the name movies that she's in. I didn't know she was in Bad Boys. Bad Boys? Never mind. I was making a Don Sen- She She obviously was not in Bad right. Boys. Right, no, that's Taylor Leone. Okay, there we go. <laughs> and apparently, I, I guess she maybe she tells a story in Searching for Deborah Winger, which you should see. It's really great. Because, mm-hmm. um, uh, spoiler, they do find her at the end. Okay. Um, uh, the story that Don Simpson came to her trailer with some, like, diuretic pills and said, you know, you're looking like you're holding a bit of water. You know? They wanted her to essentially lose literally, like, four pounds or something. Good Lord. Yeah. That's the kind of reason that she... Went away, and now because she's definitely yeah, wouldn't she, you? Yeah, Ugh. but that's what I'm saying. Is the acting bug like? Would you, if you were Jack Nicholson, would you start taking these roles just, even though they're dumb Jack Nicholson roles, just to work? I don't. Uh, again, and this, if if I say what I would do, I can. It's safe for me to say that because I'm not in that situation. Uh, in any possible way, with the possible <laughs> exception, he and I are both male and we're both alive. That's the only thing he and I have in common. But but I think, honestly, you could... Daniel Day-Lewis is not a young man or anything. Not an old man. Mm-hmm. But clearly, at some point, he made a decision that he's not going to do just anything. Right. And then he comes roaring back into public, you know, public the public consciousness with Gangs of New York... And then yeah. he was in Ballad of Jack and Rose. Jack and Rose, right? Yeah, which is a great movie. And then uh, but and I, then There Will Be Blood. But like, What I'm getting at here is I don't want to make it seem like we're just shitting on these actors. Right. I, I, at least I, I don't know. I'm sure, I don't yeah. want to speak for you, but I'm sure you do. I understand that it's difficult and mm-hmm. that uh, not everyone can do the Daniel Day-Lewis thing. It's sort of right. like I remember... Uh, there is there are also sorts of stories um after Radiohead released in Rainbows that mm-hmm. album which they released for online pay whatever you want mm-hmm. you know pay anything from 0 to a yep. gazillion dollars whatever you want you know and um the lot of people were saying is this is this the new model yeah and, and then 9 inch nails did it too right yeah 9 inch nails does it too um 
but someone was saying, is this the new model? And one uh, record executive was like, uh, yeah, sure, this is, a, this is a fail-safe plan. Step one, be Radiohead. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and so yeah, I know not everyone is is Daniel Day Lewis, right? Who can disappear for half a decade like Trent Reznor does, you know? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, look at Downward Spiral '94, Fragile '99 mm-hmm. with Teeth '2004. I think oh, he, wow. I mean, he would take five years off in between projects. So I, I think I do know that there are some actors that just love acting. They lo- love to just constantly mm-hmm. be acting. And I know that uh, I, I've read interviews with who was it? I think it was Michael Caine. Damn it! It was it was either Michael Caine or Anthony Hopkins, and now I can't remember. But somebody said that there was not necessarily pressure, not even a malicious, not even a malicious thing from their agent or manager or publicist, which is. Hey, you know, you're an older actor. If you don't keep yourself in the public consciousness, you won't be in the public consciousness anymore. If you're a younger actor, you can take you could if you want to take a year off. And people will still remember the last thing you did. Mm-hmm. But like if you're an older actor and you start turning down roles, they'll find any number of character actors to replace you. Mm-hmm. Um and so like you're not in that position where you can people are going to be clamoring to see what your next thing is immediately mm-hmm. and so i think there is pressure you know as you get older but if you've got money yeah but you know go to broadway i guess there is that yeah do like uh, a, do blithe spirit are you making reference to anything specifically aside from the play itself no, i'm just saying that's oh, okay play. all right um i wasn't sure if you were making reference to something that uh i don't know uh well, no, Brian Denny, he actually, why did I, I went to Brian Denny because he actually did that um, with uh, Death of a Salesman. Yeah. But, um, but no, who did, uh, they did Blythe Spirit recently, I think like Rupert Everett. Oh, all right. When was the last time you thought about Rupert Everett? Uh, not even when he was doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, he would just pass right through my thoughts. He's very, yeah, uh, I've always liked him. Yeah, I do too. He's a good guy. But um, I don't know. It's, but, okay, go ahead. I think we need to change gears here. Okay. Because we've been talking about fading away, indeed, uh, and it's clearly a, it's a prickly subject, yeah, uh, and 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 hard to parse, yeah, prickly, hard to parse, yeah. Uh, but the other half of this is the f- is the is the burning out thing. Yeah. Now I jokingly said, and I said I said to quote Neil Young, I think I paraphrased Neil Young, but yeah. I said, is it better to burn out or fade away? Well, for a human life, it's better to fade away, yeah, because yeah, sure, our memory of James Dean is great, but. He didn't get to live a full life. Yeah. And I would rather him have become a terrible joke and live a full life yeah. than die in a in a car accident at whatever at the was he one of the is he part of the twenty seven club? Was he twenty seven when he died? Um or was he even I feel like he was even younger, but I could be wrong. I don't recall. I don't I unfortunately don't know much about James Dean. Well um, he was in Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah. East, East of, of Eden, Eden and Giant. And Giant. Yeah. Which uh, I pretty much just ranked those movies by saying them. Rebel Without a Cause is uh, unadulterated genius. Okay. Um, East I never of, saw East of Eden. East of Eden, I love it. A lot of people don't, and I can see why. It's very. Uh, 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 it, it it is overall. I wasn't going to say that, but it's sort of like um, it's like Scorsese's Cape Fear. Like oh, it's right. a little arch, a little baroque. Okay. You know. Um. And uh, some people don't necessarily uh, like that. Yeah. But I I like East of Eden a lot. And then Giant is, uh, it's just a big 
prestige picture. Yeah. And there are things to recommend it, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's not. It's not. Um, it's not the best. Yeah, you and I watched it together. It's, and it's not a uh, necessary. You don't. You don't have to see Giant. Yeah, I would. I would say not. I know that a lot of people. Uh, it is. It is prestigious, and a lot of people just really love it. But I. I do sometimes wonder if they recommend it because it is James Dean's last film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's. Of course, as people, you know, as humans. I don't. I'm not happy about the fact that James Dean and River Phoenix and Heath Ledger and Marilyn Monroe died. You know, I'm not happy about that. Artistically, of course, and this is something that I'm gonna. This is very cynical. Not. It's not necessarily my cynicism, but people have said this. Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker. Okay, I sometimes have problems with it, but it is really interesting. At the very least. And it really got a lot of people's attention whether they liked it or didn't. Um, I'd say it's very compelling. V- compelling. Compelling is, is a good word for it. Intriguing. And it's just uh, maybe he would have gotten the Oscar anyway. Maybe not. But I think a lot of people a lot of people said like, oh, oh look at between Brokeback Mountain and this, like so much potential. But, it, and, but then when he – what? I'm thinking of a Doug Stanhope bit. Okay. Where Which he says – people say that about like – just you know, he's, he he says like uh, sometimes I think I'm running out of shit to talk about. Yeah, and he's like people say that about Jimi Hendrix. Like how much more could he have given the world? He's like, how do you know? Maybe he was out of shit. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> I I've heard that uh, debate on uh, I don't know I heard it with uh, I don't know some one of the many like rockers that died at a, at a young mm-hmm. age. Um, I think someone has made jokes about John Lennon that uh-huh. uh, maybe he. Stop, would stop being a genius and then start cranking out like the worst, most <laughs> poppy crap in the world. Well, I mean, um, look what I mean. I think Paul McCartney still makes some good music, but he's yeah. also responsible for what I consider to be the the single worst pop song in history. Okay, which is the uh, his his Christmas song. Oh uh, yeah, this is the worst song, and now it'll be stuck in your head for a month. I would say just in general, musical artists should not do Christmas songs <laughs> unless they're going to be kind of cynical about Christmas. <laughs> Um, I believe the Pogues have a good one that I enjoy, oh. but, um, but yeah, I, but I remember a lot of people said like, ah, you know, Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker wouldn't be, uh, so revered if he hadn't died immediately after. And I don't think that's true, but he might not be known as like, quote unquote, one of the best actors of his generation right. if he had not died immediately. He had two... I'll say three. Monsters Ball. He's really good at Monsters Ball, but that's probably the f- the performance that kind of put him on the map for some people. Because before that, it was just like, eh, okay, it's ten meh. things I hate about you and A Knight's Tale. Yeah, it, and the Order. Oh, I forgot about that one. But uh, the Order, but the Order came out after Monsters Ball, didn't it? Uh, yeah, no, that, the Order was I think two thousand four. But um, and then like no one was ta- saying much about Brothers Grimm, and I haven't seen Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus, and I know a lot of people said like. His performance is good, not great. Mm-hmm. You know, um, again, I, that's that's based on what some people have said. But yeah, what you're saying is every every film an actor makes, uh, there's more chance it's going to dilute his reputation than strengthen it. I'd say there's just as much of a chance. Really, you think? I I, I think giving a, a great performance. 
I don't think it's a 50-50. I don't think it's a t- it's a flip of the coin. I think most performances are going to fall short of being great, especially once you've set the bar as, as high as Heath Ledger did with the Joker. And I think maybe when you are considered... I mean, he was only, what, 28, 27? Mm-hmm. I forget. But, uh, I feel like we've talked like exclusively about men, except for Deborah Winger. I feel like we haven't really talked about any, any women. Well, actually, I was going to... Uh, when talking about the idea of fading away, I was going to bring up that... For somebody like a Meryl Streep, that has not happened. In fact, in many cases, she has had like a resurgence. And I can't think of a lot of yeah. women that... Well, I mean, I guess there's plenty of women that when they get older, they kind of fade out like a fade down away, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but I, I, I find myself wondering if that's a function... Okay, this is going to sound maybe a little sexist, but it has less to do with the actresses themselves as opposed to... I mean, you told that story about Deborah Winger. Uh-huh. And there's a certain expectation that right. if you're a former lead actress, you either need to, and you start getting older, you either need to resign yourself to being character actress mm-hmm. or not work ever. Yeah. You know? And so... Yeah, I mean, people rightly give Helen Mirren a lot of credit for being a great actress, but yeah. don't forget, she also still looks amazing for her age. Yeah. No, she looks amazing, period. I do, you know. Have you seen like the the pictures of her like in a bikini? Yeah, that it's it's astounding to me. I feel like I'm turning into a bit of a pig here, but it is astounding that anyone that age can still look that yeah. good. And I realize that this is uh, this doesn't have quite as much to do uh, with her as uh, the stylist, but uh, her hair in Gosford Park, I love it. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry, that's but the, very I mean, strange. The, but the way that it's, but not only staying in shape. I feel like uh, the way that someone like Helen Mirren's a great example. The way she stays relevant is the same way... You know, my mom works uh, for um, an assisted living nursing home mm-hmm. type of type of place. Um, and she always says, the people who live longest are the ones who manage to stay interested yeah. in life and other people and culture. Yeah. And that's what I feel like Helen Mirren is... Uh, older in terms of her age but she seems i mean she she stays interested and she does things like prime suspect she yeah. you know and, and like uh and and red you know like she's yeah. she's clearly uh she's not interested in just playing her age yeah and you know, I, does, it, does, that, does that make sense yeah like you know i mean she wore like at comic-con with yeah. the red panel she was wearing an r.i.p harvey Picar t-shirt yeah, which like, is like that is so badass. Yeah, and 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 and, cle- and definitely uh, a bit. Um, it's it's uh, unexpected for someone her age to be into Harvey Pekar. I, I don't want to, yeah. th- even though she's probably about Harvey Pekar's age. Yeah, uh, but you, you see what I'm saying? Like being interested. Uh, well, yeah, and, and just and, and and not not just looking for prestige projects because yeah. you're older and you're Meryl Streep now. Yeah. Uh you know, Meryl Streep does adaptation. Like do do something mm-hmm. that's younger and newer and, and and bucking convention a little bit. And I think I think it's a combination of it is I think it is more difficult or it can be more difficult for women because you have that op that option and it's a rather sad option of getting older and trying desperately to cling to what you were mm-hmm. or resigning yourself to taking these roles that it's like, 
Well, I guess it's uh, time for a bunch of best supporting actress nominations. <laughs> um, and there's that there's that old uh, that old story about uh, Shelley Winters, I believe, um, in which she had Shelley Winters right from uh, Night of the Hunter. Invention. Poseidon Poseidon Adventure. I can't talk today. The, in, bes- the Besider invention. <laughs> the guy who invented in term. Um, but uh, yeah, that Shelley Winters. That uh, you know, she was an actress that uh, was she was young. She was in good shape. She was attractive. And then uh, as she started to get older, I think her agent had said because she was trying to stay thin and all that. And he said, "Hey, look, you can try to keep playing the parts that you were playing and not get to and not get them, mm-hmm. or you can just say." I'm a character actress and work forever, uh-huh. and that's clearly what she decided to do. And uh, but I but I think uh, some of the more interesting older actresses are the ones that refuse to be seen that way, you know. Um, like, a, and I think you're right. Helen Mirren is by far the perfect example. You look at her as opposed to someone like Judy Dench. Don't get me wrong, Judy Dench is amazing, and within what she does she still finds ways to challenge herself mm-hmm. in something like Notes on a Scandal, but it should be noted she still shows up in those James Bond films. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but, uh, but Helen Mirren... Wait, well, is your... Are you... Is your assertion that James Bond is somehow cutting edge or hip? No, it uh, it appeals a, to... As it opposed to, to being it. the oldest, stodgiest... <laughs> you say that because... Creaking... You know, I don't like James Bond. I know Bond. you don't like James Bond, but Casino Royale is, first off, I think a really good movie, but also just like it does appeal to a younger generation mm. of people who probably would not see Notes on a Scandal. As stodgy as it is... It, geriatric. It, as geriatric as it is, <laughs> um, as, uh, well, I'm not going to head in that direction, but, uh, you know, so she still... Do you think I will get more... Tweets and emails about uh, from offended James Bond James Bond fans this week than I did from offended Los Angeles Lakers fans last week. I think James Bond. Uh, you think uh, so? I think more of our listeners like James Bond than like the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, well, I, I guess so, but I don't think a lot of our listeners probably really love James Bond. Although I guess James Bond did show up pretty high up in that uh, character thing. Yeah. Like so, um, but no, I think I think that. Uh, but I for every for every like Helen Mirren or a Meryl Streep, who Meryl Streep she does often do prestige pictures, but there was nothing inherently prestigious about Julie and Julia. It looked like just a fun thing she was doing, you know. And and the same with. Uh, Wait, did you say Helen Mirren or Meryl Streep? I might have said Helen Mirren. I mean Meryl, Meryl Streep. Street, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and the same with uh, that terrible movie. It's complicated, um, <laughs> where she. You know, she uh, was just having fun and was uh, just in general. I was uh, that's a movie for older folks anyway. Uh, older folks who don't care about good yeah. movies. Yeah. All right. But let's um, let's get back to the other thing. Because right. I wanted to talk about women for a second. Uh, yeah. Female actresses. Female actresses. You know? Yeah. Oh, man. Ugh. They're very feminine. <laughs> um, that's like when people say uh, it's 2 a.m. in the morning. You know? <laughs> it's a little repetitive. Um, but. To get back to the burning out yeah. thing, did you have anything more to say about Heath Ledger? No, but I did. Wa- I wanted to switch to because because I do think that Heath Ledger or River Phoenix or a James Dean, there's no question that 
you know, the, their career as anybody else's would probably level out a little bit. They'd have some good ones. They'd have some bad ones. And probably they would, you know, River Phoenix, I think, would probably have won an Oscar at some point. Uh, Heath Ledger did win an Oscar. Mm-hmm. And if, to, to be cynical, it might have only been a nomination if he had lived. You never know. Mm-hmm. They might have been, the Academy might have felt a little bit better about giving it to Hal Holbrook or somebody like that. But anyway, um, so I think their I think their careers they would have been able to do a lot more. Um however, someone like Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, it sounds awful, but like she she acted in movies, mm-hmm. but she was I mean everything about her. I mean she wasn't going to she's not going to be a Helen Mirren or yeah. something no, like that. No, that's true. But I, I, mean, I her stuff was. And maybe this this is what happens to people who do burn out. Is that I almost bristle at the idea of you saying bad things about Marilyn Monroe, yeah. even though you're right, she was not uh, a capital A actor. Yeah, what she was, she was, was a movie star. The, she was one of the greatest, if not the greatest, movie stars of all time. Just mm-hmm. to, for what that means. Here's Angelinos coming up. Okay. Um, I think starting Friday, November fifth, uh, is that a Friday? Anyway, uh, and running for I think about uh, over the weekend or a week or so. Yeah, I think running for a week at the New Beverly. They're going to be showing a double feature: Gentlemen Prefer Blondes and The Seven Year Itch. Mm-hmm. I've, never, I've actually never seen The Seven Year Itch, mm-hmm. but have you seen Gentlemen Prefer Blondes? No, I haven't seen either one. If you don't understand, okay. What I'm talking about when I say that Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Monroe is one of the greatest movie stars of all time, okay. you've got to see Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, and preferably on a big screen. I got to see it at Northwestern University. We lived in Chicago uh, on on a big screen, uh, and it's it's fascinating. It's I mean, it's a really fun movie to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got some some great jokes, and it's got a great uh, there's a great liveliness to yeah. the movie. But really, it's it, you'd just be in awe of the way that you can't. You can't not look at Marilyn Monroe when she's on screen. So that's not, why I bristle mere, at the idea yeah. of you saying anything bad about her, even though. And it's not merely that she's attractive. She also has no, a great yeah. deal of charisma yeah. uh, on the screen. But it's it's one of those things. I do. Uh, her charisma, I think, was in many ways hinged on her beauty. Um, yeah, but you can be beautiful without uh, having that. Absolutely, I, I don't find Megan Fox interesting to watch. No, not at all. Uh, you know? And I, I'm tired of seeing her. Not that I subscribe to Maxima or anything, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I get tired of of everyone saying like, "Oh, Megan Fox, this." It's like, who cares? Who gives a shit? I'm sorry <laughs> for it. It makes me angry. I, I said this a long time ago. The idea that that Hollywood is like, she's the next star. And it's like, is she? Did I? Like I wasn't even paying attention. Yeah, and uh, but that's the thing is, yes, so, yeah, she's, you're not getting anything. Th- there's nothing that's going on in her performance in the Transformers movies, right. That you're not getting from the cover of Maxim. Exactly. There you go. Yeah, they could have just, they could have just, uh, they had, a, they have special effects. They have all kind, a cr- huge budget. They could have just put in her photo yeah, and it moved just it been around. Shia of carrying around a copy of Maxim for the whole movie. <laughs> oh man, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Maybe that's how they'll get around her uh, not wanting to be in the uh, in the third one, but um, oh, she's already been replaced though. Oh, she can never be replaced, David. <laughs> right, I, feel like, Ameri- I feel like I'm being mean. Not as America's okay. sweetheart. Um, 
but uh, but no, you're absolutely right. She's she's I really attractive. I do want to do like a, a poll on the website, or maybe like a, a bracket type thing on okay. the show. Uh, it was a joke that you and I made offhand on the show a long maybe, time ago, maybe two and a half years ago. Yeah, about America's Next Top Sweetheart. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I really do want to do that to see who people think is America's sweetheart. I feel because like, it was Julia Roberts. Yeah, but she. I mean, she's uh, she's like. Uh, I mean, not that Julia Roberts is in any way old, but mm-hmm. she's not America's sweetheart yeah. anymore the way that she once was because yeah. she's kind of too much of an adult now. Yeah. You need, I don't know, my vote's for Anne Hathaway, maybe uh, Amy Adams. Hmm. Oh, those are both sweethearts. Yeah. Um. Although I'm glad that we just brought up Julia Roberts. What's the last thing she was in? Eat, Pray, Love? Ugh, Yeah. Nonetheless, I didn't see um, it. What's bef- the last movie that you saw her in? Charlie Wilson's War. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. And then before, I, I know that she's in stuff. I saw more Mona Lisa f- Smile. Okay. I know that, that she's in good. stuff more often than I see it. Uh-huh. But nonetheless, like she is not, she is not nearly as prolific as one would assume she would be, given that she is a movie star. Um, and I feel like she is somebody who, as she has made that transition from young, you know, young, talented actress to ser- quote-unquote serious actress, not to imply she isn't, but uh, I think she's very good in certain types of roles. Um, as she has made that transition, you'll notice that she isn't in stuff as often, and maybe it has to do with, maybe she doesn't get as many offers, but she's Julia Roberts. Of course she's getting offers. I don't know, but was she ever in stuff all the time? I think she's... she's uh- she, I mean, I remember the '90s being there was a lot of stuff. Uh, there was, yeah. you know, I whether it be, right. yeah. I mean, of all different kinds of genres, there were romantic comedies, there were Nick thrillers. Nolte. I love Trouble. I love Trouble. That's right. And the movies are horrendous. I never watched it. I remember I saw it at the time, and uh, I was young, and I didn't have standards, and even I was just like, ugh, this <laughs> is awful. But I feel like, I mean, what Julia Roberts clearly looks for in a movie is not. <laughs> she's she's definitely not sitting there thinking, is this a movie David Bax will like? Uh, I'd say, you know, I'd bet 10 bucks on that. <laughs> but um, I also don't think that she is cynical in, in the I don't think movies. so. I think she does things that are, that interest her. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think, you know, for for putting aside how rarely I actually like the movies that she's in, right. I like the way that she's doing it. Yeah, I think I think that's the way to do it. And until finally, ten fifteen years from now, when she is, you know, when she has this this does sound very sexist. I apologize, but when she has noticeably aged and mm-hmm. can't pass for thirty five or maybe even forty at that point, like I think she will make the transition into Helen Mirren territory very well. Mm-hmm. And and maybe even well, I mean, she's not the actress that Meryl Streep is or that Helen Mirren is, but I think she taking roles like a supporting role in Charlie Wilson's War, where her character is still supposed to be very beautiful and all of that and voluptuous, but a, a character role and definitely a supporting role. And so, like, I don't know, I I I think that you're I think you're right. She she's one of the people, male or female, that is doing it right. Mm-hmm. Is always she's. Excuse me. She's always made really good choices, young or old. She's always—I hate to say that she's she's old now. You know, <laughs> no, you win an Oscar, you become old, right? Yeah, but she's not. She's not old now. That's no. the thing. Just you and I are still young. Yeah. And so, 
to us, for as long as Julia Roberts has been someone we knew of, mm-hmm. she was an adult. So yeah. at this point, she kind of seems like she's old to us, but you have to look back and realize she started really young. Yeah. And she's, she's no, she's not old. And what were you, what were we saying? I was going to say something. I had something to say. I don't recall. <sighs> oh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't, there are very few movies... Uh, I love trouble aside. There are very few movies in, on her CV that she should be embarrassed by, you know. Yeah, I'd say and, that's. And I'd say that's about right. Even someone who still commands a lot of respect. Maybe this is sexism among film fans. But uh, Gene Hackman, an actor I mm-hmm. love, has a lot of movies that <laughs> are embarrassing. Yeah, you know, yeah. the replacements uh, behind yeah. enemy lines. You know, these are all really dumb. Yeah, embarrassing movies. Even your, I mean, your Robert Duvall is in yeah. Gone in sixty seconds, and I'm not sure if I appreciate you saying even your Robert Duvall. <laughs> There's nothing. There is, by the way, I don't know why, but uh, I back on the old uh, more than one lesson message board uh, mm-hmm. that is no longer available. Uh, I had brought up I don't know some Christian apologist and quoted that person, and then and then uh, somebody responded. The person was very nice and wasn't trying to be a jerk. But said, I, I'm afraid I must disagree with your blank. And I was like, ugh. That, that sounds awful. That sounds really awful. He's yours, too. Come on now. Um, anyway, but who are, uh, we should wrap up soon. We've, mm. th- this has definitely been a... Uh, I feel like we haven't really accomplished anything in this episode. And we I wasn't sort expecting of, to, yeah. because I think there's arguments to be made on both sides. You know. Yeah, but I, I I don't think we've even accomplished really defining what we mean oh, by okay. burning out or fading away, which is okay with me. I like that this was just sort of a discussion about mm-hmm. a topic, and uh, we don't have to... Well, how about this? Let's try to define it before we sign off. <laughs> I don't know that we need to. Okay. I mean, I mean I think you can't un- define it. I guess what I'm saying is, yes, maybe you can define what you mean by burnout and what you mean by fade away, but actually finding examples concrete examples of actors who fit into those is going to be difficult because everyone's they're all individuals and they all make a different choice with every movie yeah and i and that's the thing is i feel like one thing that we've done i think we've done a disservice in two ways one is that we seem to have only defined burnout as die and i don't think that's necessarily what we mean there are some people who just quit because they've just had enough or whatever. And that was Deborah Winger. Yeah. Until she's come back. Yeah. Yeah. And, she, yeah, and in a wonderful performance. Uh, and then I think we've also... But what about people who... And it's going to sound mean, but people who essentially uh, were forced to burn out, like, mm-hmm. just stopped getting work. You know, Ralph Macchio, for example. Haley Joel Osment. Yeah. And I don't want to sound like I'm insulting. I mean, no, not at Ralph all. Ralph Macchio is good in everything he's in. Mm-hmm. I mean... You look at him; he's got, you know, uh, the Outsiders, yeah. Karate Kid, Karate yeah. Kid Two, Karate Kid Three, My Cousin Vinny. Yeah, he's really good. In My Cousin Vinny is he in Karate? Yeah, he's in Karate Kid Three, and then there's the next Karate Kid. Yeah, with uh, Hilary Swank. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Haley Joel Osment. I mean, he's great in Sixth Sense. He's, I think, even better in AI. I think he's amazing in AI. Mm-hmm. And then he was as good as somebody could be in Pay It Forward. And then. Uh, in Secondhand Lions, he was pretty good, too. And then they just fell off, I think, because people only viewed him as a younger actor. Mm-hmm. So, And I'm sure that he's probably still, this sounds mean, and I don't mean for it to, attempting to act. But it's almost as if Hollywood, and, and maybe he's going to take a break for a while. And then once he becomes, again, this sounds mean, a full-fledged adult, like mm-hmm. a man, maybe he'll come back and people are like, hey, look at that. You know, It happened with 
Jackie Earl Haley. It's all about the Haley's. Um, <laughs> you know, and yeah, so... You, that's interesting. I mean, do you think... Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of other examples. Like, I feel like he wasn't quite as young, but Joshua Jackson did that, where hmm. he was Pacey on Dawson's Creek, and he was, like, in Cruel Intentions, and he was, like, a teen yeah. actor. And then it seemed like there was a kind of a fallow period. Yeah. And now he's on Fringe, and he's an adult, and he plays a guy who's... And I don't know if you watch Fringe at all. No, it's I haven't good, watched any show. of it. Um, so they, that's someone who was able to do it. But that's not what this topic is about. Right, right. But like, And that's the thing is, right now, with somebody like Haley Joel Osment, we don't yet know if there's going to be a comeback. So in many ways, he is somebody that burned out. And I don't think it's a function of anything he did wrong or, or anything like that. I think it's just the offers stopped coming in because people stopped seeing him a certain way. But And it kind of makes you wonder, if he winds up, quitting acting forever and really just has I mean he's been he was in a lot of stuff even when he was really young. I mean he was Forrest Gump's kid, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's he's been in a bunch of stuff, but the 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 performances that people remember him for, I'd say there there's the big one which is Sixth Sense and then AI to a lesser extent and then Pay It Forward and whatever, but uh I think people will remember him as like, "Oh my gosh, like probably one of the best kid actors of all time." Mm-hmm. You know. Um but so I don't want I don't want to. I don't want people to come away from this episode thinking that we only take burning out to mean death. Yeah. Flip side of that is, I mean, when we talk about the idea of fading away, we've mentioned some of the biggest stars of all time who are still big stars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Jack Nicholson, he's not fading away. When he's in a film, it's a big deal. Still, I think I just I, I've only. Uh, I've only meant yeah. it artistically as far as the yeah. quality of their but performance. But yeah, and I'm trying to think of actors who were big and then became character actors. Maybe like a James yeah. Coburn. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Jason Robards, Yeah, maybe. I don't know. How big was Jason Robards when he was younger? Uh, I think he was always... I think he was... I think he was a lead on stage. Okay. And then occasionally, like in uh, A Thousand Clowns, he yes. was a lead. But, but I mean, like he won That's two That's a highly Oscars. recommended movie. If I ever get back to writing those Movie of the Week recommendations... Yeah. I got to do a thousand clowns. I wrote one this week. Yeah, was it about a thousand clowns? No, it was about spider. Ah, spider. So, um, but uh, but even even uh, Jason Robards, as he got not even necessarily older, but uh, like in the seventies, which like sixties and seventies are, are, I would say, when he was kind of at his most popular. He still was mostly a supporting actor. Mm-hmm. So I think he was he was always viewed as a character actor. But uh, James Garner. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a guy who was definitely yeah famous, and really, I mean, Marlon Brando himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the quintessential lead actor. I never saw that particular stand-up comedy special, Marlon Brando himself. <laughs> 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 well done. It's just Marlon Brando on the stool, and then of course he brings out the little midget version <laughs> of him. Um, but uh, but he's somebody who who very much. Because he did get really big, um, I think you're not going to be a lead actor with with a body like that. I mean, you're not going to be Paul Newman, who was, you know, a very, like an attractive guy right up until the end of his life. Um, but uh, so I think Marlon Brando is somebody who was, you know, the lead actor, the the most sought after guy, and then slowly but surely, and even Vito Corleone and Kurtz are. Kurtz is definitely a supporting role. Vito, though he did win Best Lead Actor, Vito is a kind of a supporting role and yeah, certainly a character Michael's role. Story. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. Well, I think uh, yeah, we've gotten to the point. I I, I do want to quickly say John Cazale, just so oh, we yeah. don't get the millions of emails saying how could you not mention John Cazale. That's a good. That's 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 a great example. Yes. But he is. Yeah. I mean, he's up there with Heath Ledger and James Dean. Yeah. He's more in the James Dean camp where there's not a dud in the bunch of his movies. Yeah. I mean, we talked some smack about giant but it's a, it's yeah. mostly a successful movie it's just not like i said just not necessary yeah uh john cazale is even better like every one of his movies i don't love the deer hunter but every every one of his movies is a movie you should see and he's amazing in all of them i mean i really think that uh and i'm not alone in thinking this that his that fredo is kind of the unsung not necessarily hero but i mean he is just as memorable as any of those characters. Yeah. For the record, the five movies he, were, he was in are Godfather, Godfather Part Two, Dog Day Afternoon, The Conversation, and The Deer Hunter. Yes. Um, yeah, and he's... Uh, and I believe a friend of the show, Frank Feel My Wrath McGrath, uh, worked on a short documentary about him, right? Called I Knew It Was You. Yeah, which I, I, which I still haven't seen and really want to. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a great call. That's because he was... Because he wasn't even like a big star. But everyone, especially now, I think, I think his status has grown... And people are like, man, this guy was amazing, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, he was an up and coming character actor who no question would have had uh, would have gotten at least an Oscar nomination at some point. But uh, yeah, so that's that's a very good call. All, All right. right. So it occurred to me I forgot uh, an announcement. Oh, so uh, this will be going up uh, Halloween night. Happy, uh, happy Halloween. Um, <laughs> happy Halloween. Or November 1st. Either way. Um, here's uh People who uh, immediately downloaded the Josh Fadum episode heard a brief reference to this because I was supposed to cut it out and forgot. So you might <laughs> also, have heard this. You might not episode, have. Last yep. episode, there was a part where I put down the mic and went and got my notes, and you said you were going to cut it out. I cut that out. You did cut it out. Yes. Okay. So um, yes, I, I did. Ha- like <laughs> I made a post-it note. It's like, hey, cut that out. <laughs> so. Um, but I, it just got me to stop every annoying thing I and was now doing. Now we just talked about it. We just shown some people behind the curtain. Whatever. We do That's occasionally fine. cut stuff. We do sometimes. Yeah. Um, but no. So uh, here's what you can do: head on over to the uh, Turner Classic Movies video podcast, and you can hear and you will see David see? and myself talking about uh, it happened one night for about seven minutes or so. Yeah, assuming they used the whole thing. Yeah, it sounds like not, they I mean, would. There's not, there's not a dead second in the whole seven minutes. There really isn't. Not because we're not saying dumb things, but because we're just constantly talking. There's no real place for them to cut. Yeah. So. But yeah, we talked about it. It happened one night, which is uh, one of, one of my favorites. Yeah, really a, a, an amazing movie. But uh, but yeah. So uh, and it was it was exciting being uh, being asked to be a part of the because it is the official video podcast. Of Turner Classic Movies, and uh, yeah, it, we really appreciate those guys asking us. To, absolutely, uh, but it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, and it's been a really great experience uh, in every interaction that we've had with them. So uh, so head on over there, the Turner Classic Movies uh, video podcast. So all okay. right, so you can find us at battleshipretention.com dot com or in iTunes. You can email us at david at battleshippretension.com or tyler at battleshippretension.com. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash thepretension. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at twitter.com slash morelessons, which is the official Twitter of his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which you can find at morethanonelesson.com or in iTunes. And you can find my other podcast, the weekly television review podcast, previously on at previouslyonshow.com or in iTunes. All right. Uh, so, yeah, thanks, everybody, uh, for listening. David, I had a good time talking about this. Me too. Yeah, and uh, and of course, uh, if you have any uh, 
feedback, you can head on over to the message board and chime in, see if we if there's anything we missed. Or, uh, you know what, maybe you actually feel like coming down and saying, coming down off the fence and saying, it is better to fade out <laughs> right. than uh, fade away than burn out, or vice what, versa. What if they say fade out and burn away? Ugh. What is the human equivalent of burning away? <laughs> that sounds horrible. <laughs> So, uh, uh, but if you yeah, if you liked the episode, um, you can show us that you liked it by going to the donate page. Absolutely, and there's a couple of different different options, but uh, you can read all about that on the donate page. And you're you're all very smart. If you weren't, you wouldn't be listening to the show. So you'll definitely be able to figure it out. Absolutely, you don't need us to hold your hand. Yeah, you don't need us mo- molly coddling you through <laughs> the donation process. If there's two things that we know about our listeners, David, it's that they are incredibly smart and they love us. They <laughs> yeah. love every single thing we say. Every single thing. They're hanging they, out on every word. They love what I'm saying right now. Just simply because you're saying it. But the mere fact, every little every little utterance. Bah! See, that wasn't even a I word, like, and you loved it. Fade out, Peter. <laughs> 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 Just give the impression that and we are always talking about ourselves, even when the <laughs> mics aren't on. It never stops. No, but then we actually would be uh, cribbing something from the 40-year-old That's boy. Right. So, right. so, yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.